0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the BJ Psych Advances podcast. My name is Olive Gell-Grant, and I'm joined today by Uriel Halbreich, who is a professor of psychiatry and director of biobehavioral research at the University at Buffalo, the State University of New York. Uriel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure for me to be here. And, and- we're, going to, we're going to be discussing your new paper uh, with colleagues Margarita abizai Dao and Jeffrey Geller, which is entitled Impact of Global and National Crises on People with Severe Mental Illness. So, of course, at the back end of a pandemic, this is an extremely topical work. Well, I think that uh, one of the positive
1: outcomes of the pandemic, and there are positive outcomes, and they are going to be even better if we know how to use them, is raising the Possibilities of raising the awareness of impact of stress and mental uh, symptoms on the entire population, and the emphasis that patients with who are diagnosed with severe mental illnesses are part of the general population. There are people. Like me and you, who are diagnosed with a mental diagnosis, the meet criteria for mental diagnosis for some mental diagnosis, but their response and the way that they should be treated or managed is like any other human being. Because one of the first questions is, are people with a severe mental or who are diagnosed with severe mental illnesses different from everybody else when there is a disaster now COVID is actually it's a good example because it's very stressful and it causes a lot of stress however it's not an acute immediate disaster it's a lengthy consistent situation that people are living under it, it influences everybody, including the psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, nurses, and everybody else who is treating patients because they are also influenced. And I think that when we are uh, talking about response, to a disaster, or to a chronic stressful situation, as is the COVID-19 situation now, it starts with the therapists, with the doctors, nurses, social workers, and everybody else. What is our response? What is our attitude? And what we convey to the patients? If we are very anxious, and many of us are, we leave the situation, we have to see what is conveyed to the patients and how to, uh, how to convey.
0: It's a very uh, interesting point that, of course, you know, we're thinking a lot about COVID at the moment, but this could apply to any uh, stressful situation that uh, someone in a caring position is experiencing. It's a very interesting point that, of course, in order to deliver effective care, you yourself have to uh, be free of as much anxiety or, or you know, sadness or whatever else it is. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on uh, how that can be achieved? Do you think that's something that you can achieve after the disaster occurs uh, in the acute moment? Or do you think this is something that needs to be achieved in advance?
1: It can be achieved because... Uh if you are not aware yet, I'm actually speaking with my own experience. My main training, I was a combat physician in the Israeli army, when I was under a, what might be stressful situation. I don't think that it was very stressful because I was very well trained so when we were under fire we saw it as a challenge and even it's not nice to say so it's not politically correct to say so but it was even fun Hmm. to have to respond on your feet when you are attacked Hmm.
0: i think uh yeah i think a lot of people would struggle to to understand that feeling i think uh in um know what we're seeing at the moment of course it's something very very different with uh, how individuals are responding to working during this pandemic Uh, but I'm not sure I've really seen anyone uh, uh, or any uh, you know I haven't seen any sort of uh, statistic or any personal experience to suggest that anyone working in the pandemic at the moment has managed to sort of transition to that feeling so do you think that's something that came from uh, your prior experiences before this stressful situation It
1: is influenced like everybody else is influenced by their own experiences. But I think that we have to be aware that psychiatrists are human beings like everybody else and the patients are human beings like everybody else. And the issue is how we deal with a stressful uh, situation by ourselves. Now, we, and if we take the COVID here, of course, the COVID is a problem worldwide for everybody. The issue is how do you respond to it? What is your perception of the situation. Some people would say, this is terrible. I want to stay at home to cover myself, to protect myself as much as I can. It's like having this kind of response. Part of the prevention is how to move people from a perception of a trauma to a perception of a challenge so here we get to the issue of prevention of preparation of the which starts with the professionals how do you prepare professionals to deal with future events that might be traumatic if we look at the history very current history of the 21st century. We already had several pandemics every few years. It's quite conceivable that there will be others. There might be COVID, there might be Ebola, there might be other viral or uh, bacterial events. But it's obvious that there will be. And with the current communication and movements among countries, if there is something in Wuhan, it's going to be very shortly in uh, London, in New York. If there is something in Brazil, it's very shortly it's going to be everywhere. And we can see it in... So the issue is how to prepare the professionals and how to prepare the professionals to prepare their patients. Even before...
0: Something that's uh, uh, difficult, I suppose, is that, of course, uh, it would be nice if everyone viewed, um, you know, if everyone could find a way of viewing very adverse circumstances as a challenge to be solved rather than uh, you know, a, a set of uh, uh, problems beyond their control that, that it's difficult to move past. I suppose what you said at the start of the uh, podcast is very important for that in my mind, which is that, of course, uh, doctors and their patients don't exist in a vacuum. You know, they're part of a wider society that are experiencing the same things that everyone else is. In COVID, of course, uh, what a lot of people are experiencing is a, a sort of feeling of helplessness and of personal uh, impossibility that whatever they do, it's very difficult to actually change the course of what's happening around them. Um, I I, I suppose with that in mind, what what, what advice would you give to somebody that's trying to uh, deal with working during this pandemic period? I would
1: start again, and I cannot emphasize it uh, enough. What can you do as a human being Considering that you might have some diagnosis, what can you do as a human being to deal with this stressful situation? I think we have serious questions here, which are part of our education. What's the difference between patients diagnosed with severe mental illnesses? What is the disability? that uh, is associated with it, or with them, because there are different kinds of different types of diagnosis, and how can we deal with them as human beings, centered on this particular human being. For instance, how do we prepare a psychotic patient who is paranoid and we know that he or she are paranoid. How do you pre- how do you prepare him to function during a disaster? How do you prepare an obsessive compulsive patient who washes their hands all the time and tell them that actually in certain situations it's good? Everybody
0: should wash their hands. I, I, I think people have found it very hard to, to, do these, to do these things. I'm not sure anyone knows the answer to these questions. How, how do you prepare a paranoid patient for uh, something that is enormously anxiety-provoking to happen to them? I,
1: I wonder what you do. I should have a disclosure here that my ideas in this aspect are not the majority psychiatric ideas. They are different. Okay, noted. What I did actually with previous patients when we were in such situations, first of all, it was in a different culture. This was in Israel And situations that from one side were doomsday feeling like the prior to the 6 Days uh, war between Israel and the Arab uh, countries, we were, I was a student there, and I think that's why my perception is different, because I was not a psychiatrist yet. I was just a student in a medical school. And I was in a... First of all, I was drafted to the army like everybody else, and then, after the war, which was only six days, with a huge victory, I was assigned to an orthopedic world, not psychiatric world. But, and that's something that we have in this paper, which is my own observation, I was also a nurse, I was in Israel. You had the opportunity to work as a nurse when you were in clinical years of your medical school. And I was a nurse in the department of psychiatry. However, what happens before the six days war, at that time we didn't know that it would be six days. There was a doomsday feeling And the hospital, the university hospital where I was a student, actually vacated all patients who were not uh, necessarily uh, should be there, including most of the psychiatric patients. They did leave in the hospital the most severe patients. Now, after the war, when the hospital was flooded by casualties. It was a huge victory, but still there were casualties. There were wounded uh, soldiers. Somebody in the administration came up with the idea, which is completely non-psychiatric. We have able-bodied people here in the hospital the psychiatric patients who were left in the hospital, why don't we bring them to the orthopaedic world to help to feed patients, to bring them to the bathroom, to help them walk a little bit, for manual things that lay people can do in the same way that other lay people did. The truth? They functioned
0: perfectly,
1: like everybody else.
0: That's uh, you know that's an, an incredible experience, uh, <coughs> which clearly has you know uh, uh, stayed with you. I suppose what's interesting there is that those patients were getting a sense of personal uh, importance and of contribution to a common cause, and of being able to do something personally that's affecting a change. Um, I mean, I suppose the difficulty uh, now with uh, what we're experiencing with coronavirus is it's very difficult to sort of do that, to make that same achievement. Um, you know, what, what, what personally could a, a, an individual person do to influence the course of this global event?
1: Well, again, we get
0: into more
1: generalized issues. How do you adapt? to a specific situation? And how can you adapt to a specific situation when your capabilities
0: are not the optimal? I mean, I think uh, you said before, sharing this view, this isn't a majority view. I think a lot of people will have some agreement with your general view that we should empower uh, our patients and uh, our colleagues to do as much as they can and to feel that they are an important cog in a, in a machine at all times and times like this.
1: Well, the bottom line is that a patient with a psychiatric diagnosis is not necessarily disabled. Some of them are, some of them are not. The issue is how to make them less disabled and how to help them to adapt to a situation to the best of their ability. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge.
0: I think that's quite right. That is uh, the challenge now more than ever, but I think at all times, that's an important thing to remember. Uh, Uriel, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm sure that will be very interesting to a lot of our readers. And uh, the accompanying paper is available in BJ Psych Advances. It's called Impact of Global and National Crises on People with Severe Mental Illness. Uriel, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.